Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim, and every week I'll be bringing you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. This week, it's all about man's best friend, and we put Barney, not that Barney, up against Monty the dog. And we take a special look at Scooby Dooby Doo, one of the more memorable Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Producer Paul and I are still in different locations, but as ever, we're here to still bring you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. So, let's get started. And of course, joining me as ever, it's producer Paul. Hey man, how's it going? I'm alright, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good. I had my first lockdown haircut yesterday. Oh, how did that go? Yeah, it went really well. I'm dead chuffed with it. I've been, <laughs> I've been wanting to have my haircut for so long. Um, it's just so good to get rid of it all. Just literally just like a shaved it all off. That's what I did, essentially. Like just shaved it all off, trimmed the beard... And it, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a disaster. No, I was, I was like, um, thing is, I was, I, I, I wouldn't even have cared if I had to go like, um, you know, like full bick on my head. Yeah. Um, but I've gone like, a, gone a little bit longer. Grade four. Grade four. Oh, okay, rather. that's nothing then. Like tennis ball fuzz. Like all. The yeah, way. grade grade four is nothing. Or number four. I don't know about yeah. grade. It's just we just say number four. Uh, grateful all right number grade yeah but um obviously yeah last week we uh we did the hey arnold episode and that's it's kind of been crazy like the buzz i think a lot of you have quite enjoyed it and i hope you listen to it obviously i think we did miss out one quite significant detail and that was Arnold's surname. He has a surname, and we find out the surname. Turns out that his surname is actually Arnold, and his first name is Hay. No, not quite. I mean, <laughs> would you like to guess? Um, I don't even have a starting point. Um, Smith. You know what it is. Oh, you know what? I'm just gonna reveal it because I'm sure a lot of you know it anyway. But just in case you old school cats didn't know that Hey Arnold movie dropped in 2017, Arnold's surname is Arnold Shortman. I didn't know that. That is no his idea. surname. Hey, Shortman, how's it going? <laughs> And uh, after all that time, all time, he just kept saying, "Hey, short man," because he's 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 a short man, but he's also a short man. Oh, I see what they did there. I bet, like, I bet some guy rushed into the office one day and thought, "Guys, I've got it, I've got it." No, but you know what? Right, I said this to you, and I've said it to some people. It is, it's one of those things where it is so obvious. But it's not obvious at all. Yeah, if you know what I mean. Yeah, because it could just go like as a what you what they probably think and what they intended to begin with is just as a nickname, right? Well, yeah, it, it was a, meant to be like a play on words. Yeah, <clears throat> I wonder. Shortman and I short bet man. It's got to be a retrospective thing, hasn't it? I bet that wasn't from the beginning, like from pilot episode. He wasn't shortman. I bet. You don't know that. No, I don't. I'm just guessing. We all know that. I mean, it could easily be 
he could have been Arnold Shortman. But it's like, yeah, why would you call him that after all this time? But no, he he has a surname and yeah, that was that was a really, really fun episode to do. Got in my feelings, of course, with Hey Arnold, because it's just hella emotional. And uh, yeah, thanks guys for for listening to that one. But uh it's a new week and we got brand new sets of shows to uh, sink our teeth into. So let's get right into it. And we're going to start with the special, Scooby-Doo. So we're going back to September 1969. And some of the things happening in the world. Colonel Muammar Gaddafi deposes King Idris in the Libyan Revolution. The Chemical Bank Branch in New York installed the first automated teller machine or ATM in the United States. John Lennon told the rest of the Beatles that he was quitting the group. Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice was in the cinemas. And Sugar Sugar by the Archies was number one in the charts. I have a feeling you might know all the songs this week. I, I know this one. Of course you do. All I just remember is The Simpsons, where um, they, I think it's Homer, Flanders, Bart, and Rod, they're stuck on a boat, and they're all really hungry, and he's got Rod's player, and he's playing sugar, did, 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 and he's dancing with all like the ice cream and all that. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just remember it because of that. So now we're going on to Scooby-Doo. So this was a American animated franchise comprising many animated television series produced from 1969 to the present day. It was written by Joe Ruby and Ken Spears. And yeah, they created Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Which was the original series for Hannah and Barbera. Those two again. And yeah, so it features teenagers Fred Jones, Daphne Blake, Velma Dinkley and Norville Rogers, a.k.a. Shaggy. And they're talking brown Great Dane named Scooby-Doo and they solve mysteries involving supposedly supernatural creatures through a series of antics and missteps. And you have some versions of Scooby-Doo featuring variations on the show's supernatural theme. And you have extra characters like Scooby-Dum and Scrappy-Doo in addition to, of course, some of the original characters. There were many, like I said, many variations of the show. So the first one was Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? And that came out in 1969. Then you had the new Scooby-Doo movies that came out in 1972, the Scooby-Doo show in 1976, Scrappy-Doo and Scooby-Doo in 1979. In 1983, you had the new Scooby and Scrappy-Doo show, In 1985, there was The 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. 1988, A Pup Named Scooby-Doo. 2002, What's New Scooby-Doo? 2006, you had Shaggy and Scooby-Doo Get a Clue. 2010, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated. 2015, you had Be Cool Scooby-Doo and the more recent Scooby-Doo and Guess Who? And the funny thing about this was that they all came out, or pretty much all of them came out in September. 
of course, that is the month to drop television shows. I think the only one that didn't was the newer Scooby-Doo and Guess Who, which made me think that it's a, a thing of the past where sort of TV producers would get kids who like starting school in September, straight after school, you would have all these TV programs and and whatnot. I mean, as much as I hate doing all the news in September, there is, um, I think I've there said it already before in the pod, there is a logic to putting shows out in September or even like October and August, sort of closer to the um, the school months. So the beginning of Scooby-Doo, so basically how it kind of started was, so parent-run organization, so you had Action for Children's Television, they started to protest what they perceived as excessive violence in Saturday morning cartoons. Most of those shows that they were complaining about happened to be Hanna-Barbera cartoons. So people were complaining about Space Ghost, the Herculoids, and Birdman and the Galaxy Trio. And basically, they all got cancelled by 1969 because of pressure from parent groups. And so the executive program of CBS, Fred Silverman, was trying to look for a show that would both revitalize Saturday morning TV and the lineup in order to appease some of the uh, the parent action groups. And so Silverman contacted Hannah and Barbera about creating another show based on a teenage rock group. And they would be solving mysteries in between their gigs. And no, I'm not talking about Josie and the Pussycats. I'm talking about Scooby-Doo here. <laughs> All right. Before we, before we get to the uh, comparisons of the two shows, I know you're going to get into that later. So uh, cool your jets for a second. And so Hannah and Barbera passed the task along to story writers Joe Ruby and Ken Spears, as well as the artist and character designer Iwao Takamoto. And so their original treatment was based in part on the Archie show, and it was titled Mysteries 5, featuring five teenagers, Jeff, Mike, Kelly, Linda, and Linda's brother. God, this really does sound like Josie and the Pussycats. It really does. <laughs> Along with their bongo-playing dog called Too Much. And they, like I said, they were called the, the Mysteries 5. And Silverman was inspired by the Frank Sinatra scat Doobie Doobie Doo at the end of the Strangers in the Night recording. And yeah, he decided to uh, rename the dog Scooby-Doo and retitle the show Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? And so that's how they kind of came together. And then obviously they changed the names from Jeff, Mike, Kelly, Linda, and WW to Fred, Shaggy, Velma, Daphne, and Scooby. And Scooby-Doo has received two Emmy nominations. So a 1989 daytime Emmy nomination for a pup named Scooby-Doo and a 2003 daytime Emmy nomination for What's New Scooby-Doo. And Mindy Cohn was nominated for Outstanding Performer in an Animated Program category. And it actually maintained a significant fan base, which grew steadily since the 1990s due to the show's 
popularity among both young children and nostalgic adults who grew up with the series. And in 2013, TV Guide ranked Scooby-Doo the fifth greatest TV cartoon. And the critics have stated that the show's mix of comedy adventure and horror genres was the reason for its widespread success. The American Center for Children and Media Executive Director David Kleeman said, and I quote, Overall, Scooby-Doo is just not a show that is going to overstimulate kids' emotion and tensions. It creates just enough fun to make it fun without getting them worried or giving them nightmares. Like a lot of the Hannah and Barbera shows, actually, Scooby-Doo got quite a lot of criticism for their production value and storytelling. Jamie Malinowski of the New York Times said, and I quote, Scooby-Doo's mysteries are not very mysterious and the humor is hardly humorous. As for the animation, well, the drawings on your refrigerator may give it competition. (laughs) Ouch. Brutal. I know, right? And the August 2002 issue of TV Guide featured its list of 50 greatest cartoon characters of all time, in which Scooby-Doo placed 22nd. Scooby-Doo also ranked 13th in Animal Planet's list of the 50 greatest TV animals. From one year, from 2004 to 2005, Scooby-Doo held the Guinness World Record for having the most episode of any animated television series ever produced, a record previously held by and later returned to... Josie and the Pussycats. Well, no, The Simpsons, obviously, because they made more more cartoons and in january 2009 entertainment website ign named scooby-doo 24th on its list of the top 100 best animated tv shows and some parodies of scooby-doo so you had arthur doing a parody of scooby-doo called spooky poo midsummer murdered I think, yeah, maybe, probably. And South Park episode, Korn's Groovy Pirate Ghost Mystery. You had the new metal band Korn parodying Scooby and the gang. And they're tackling an invasion of mysterious pirate ghosts. And before I pass on to you, there was a really good article I read in The Atlantic, which came out in May 2020. So it was basically the secret of Scooby-Doo's enduring appeal. Why on Earth has the Formulaic series, which debuted half a century ago, outlasted just about everything else on television, written by Christopher Orr. And what he said was, and I quote, much as I loved it, though the feeble animation and the repetitive plots were apparent even to the young me, whereas characters such as Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny seemed eternal, extending into the past and future, Scooby-Doo felt like a show just for that particular moment for my Pacific childhood so we watch and our kids watch and eventually their kids will watch four so-called teenagers and their great dane roam the countryside pulling the mask of some fraudulent phantom or counterfeit creeper they'll be headed for your local multiplex soon enough and fear not they won't ever really leave now let's let's talk about scooby-doo what, what have you got to say there's one thing that surprised me when you were um, talking, and is that they were saying, so you said they had two Emmy nominations. Yeah. In like, what, 40, 50 odd years? That doesn't really surprise me. Well, so many other shows that, like, they get nominated all the time, and 
Like you should for something as iconic as Scooby Doo. Like name me one person that doesn't know about Scooby Doo. You know. I mean, um, it's iconic, but I mean, this is going to sound a bit contradictory because obviously, when I when I actually did watch Scooby Doo, I liked it a lot more than I did growing up. Now, growing up, Scooby Doo was one of those. There's a like in media studies, we um, there was a term that we learned. So I can't actually remember what the term is, but it basically means that you sit down and watch a TV program before watching the TV program you actually want to watch. So, for example, if you wanted to watch EastEnders at 7.30, you would sit through the one show first just so that you can watch EastEnders after. So, I don't know, you come back from work or you come back from school or whatever and you're you're early and you're thinking, oh, damn, what what, what should I do to kill time? So you're going to watch the one show and then you're going to watch what you really want to watch, which is Extenders. EastEnders. Yeah. And so Scooby-Doo was kind of like the one show kind of mentality like growing up. Yeah, it was, like, it was like the warm-up show. I mean, I didn't love it growing up, but at the same time, I didn't I didn't hate it. Mm. And yeah, it, it was, like I said, it was very, it's very repetitive. Obviously, you've got all of these incarnations of Scooby-Doo, but in the main, it's always it starts off with the baddie doing something, then it some somehow involves the gang. They investigate. Oh, who done it? Who done it? And then boom, you've got the person who did it. Yeah, I mean, when the the, the very beginning of Scooby Doo, what I found was that they it was quite obvious who the baddie was. You'd, but then I later, got them but, wrong pretty much all of them. Oh, really? <laughs> but the I, thing is, I mean, I, th- I think when I look back at the episodes I watched, yeah, I got that one. Nowhere to hide, nowhere to hide. I don't think I got that one. I definitely didn't got, I, I definitely didn't get this one. No, yeah, I'm, I'm looking back and I pretty much got it wrong. The thing is that they, they, they 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 kind of drop red herrings everywhere, like in the later ones, but they didn't so much in the first one. So, like in in the in the later ones, they would like they would drop little clues, but there was complete distractions. They were you yeah, know, like for example, there was a diving episode, and one guy one he, he had a bit of a gruff voice, looked a little bit evil, and he happened to have a diver's suit, but he was nothing to do with it. He just yeah. happened to have one. Um, so they got kind of a bit more sophisticated as they go on. One thing I will say is that Scooby-Doo absolutely destroyed, for me, um, the, the murder mystery thing. So like these these shows like on, on TV now, like like Vera or uh, Midsummer Murders or what's it called? What's it, Law and Order and all these like kind of whodunit kind of thing. Like, Why did it, Scooby-Doo ruin it? Because everything now, you can just say that, oh, it's just like Scooby-Doo. Like it Why? might be it might be forty five minutes long, but at the end they're all going to be like, "Oh, it was it was this guy," and I would have got my way with it. And it and it's like <laughs> and it's like it's like, oh god, really? Um, so yeah, I can't watch. I I absolutely hate murder mystery shows now. because of Scooby Doo. Yeah, because Scooby Doo is ten minutes long, <laughs> and and you're going to find out quite quickly. But this one is like draws it out for forty five minutes. So, um, yeah, not a fan of those anymore. 
also the laugh track was I, I never realized I, I never realized two things the laugh track being so prominent in Scooby-Doo and the musical element sometimes they they have a music track which is nothing to do with the show nothing to do with like interacting with the characters. there's a word for it but I can't, I can't think of it now it's not actually interacting with the characters and then they'll play a music track that is interacting with the characters and you can't tell the difference and they reference yeah. it and it's like yeah it's just like another program that we did isn't it Josie and the Pussycats well, yeah, but the thing with Josie and the Pussycats is, I think because obviously it, it that's not that's not Hanna Barbera's concept. It's completely somebody else's concept. So they ripped off the characters and then took it. <laughs> maybe, maybe Hanna Barbera did it because the the impression might be, oh, well, Josie and the Pussycats is just a cheap imitation of Scooby Doo, but the concept of Josie and the Pussycats was developed in the early 60s, where Scooby-Doo came out in the late 60s. And obviously, Hanna-Barbera wanted Josie and the Pussycats, which is all about a gang of... Which is about a music band and their whole kind of group, and they're going from concert to concert. But instead of a, a murder mystery or who done it, it's the baddies are in sight, but they're... Actually chasing them. after them and yeah. they're just basically stopping them from. I think I, the the original like the concept of Scooby Doo like is so standard like you can't really pick too many holes in it like it's a standard concept it's pretty well delivered you can't really think one thing that did irritate the hell out of me was Scrappy Doo though like oh do you episodes with Scrappy Doo then not this time round because I can't stand the little dog. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, I remember uh, I remember episodes with Scrappy Doo more than I remember uh, the normal Scooby Doo. Scooby, Scrappy Dappy Doo, Scooby, <laughs> Scrappy Dappy Doo. I do remember that remember, growing up. One of the main things I remember is it's like he's like, let me at him, let me at him, and he's like yeah. got his paw on his tail. Da 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 da, puppy power. <laughs> But no, what was I going to say? Um, with 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 Scooby Doo, when you said, "Oh, there's very difficult to poke holes," well, because it was all repetitive, isn't it? How are you going to pick holes? They're just u- literally using the same format, the same concept for every incarnation of Scooby Doo. So there's no point in thinking, "Oh, let me watch the new Scooby Doo show." It's just basically Scooby Doo, but he's Going out and 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 the gang, whatever, are investigating. So it's all pretty much the same. I, I think in the latter episode, not some of the later ones, they they ha- I think they were filling time, like they were filling a, a specific slot in the uh, EPG, and they were because they all had that um, really long and pointless chase scene. And I'm not sure if you enjoyed them, but they kind of irritated me. Oh, you mean like how one person goes through one door, they come out through the other. I think that is classic, dare I say, classic Hanron Barbera. I mean, it's definitely classic Scooby-Doo. No, but I've seen it in so many cartoons. For example, one person's running through one door, they come through another, and then Scooby-Doo's chasing the other guy to another door and then through the doors. I think think that if you were were some... um, 
if you were copying that or if you saw it on TV, you'd be like, oh, that's from Scooby-Doo. I don't think you would say that's from another cartoon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know what you mean. I don't know. I'm just. So it might, it I might, yeah, that... I think it might be a Scooby Doo thing then. A Hanna Barbera sure thing. Yeah, I'm not sure if. But I've seen it in other Hanna Barbera cartoons, though. Like Josie and the Pussycats. Probably where they're chasing <laughs> the bad guys. Um, yeah, or, I mean... in, or or when they're in outer space and they're chasing aliens and they're going through different doors and different panels and. And what have you? Yeah, it, yeah, it might be a Hanna Barbera thing, but yeah, you see, I think lots of cartoons copying that particular scene. Yeah, or they'll do it as a parody where they're going, "Ah, oh, we're running away from the bad guy. Let's go in this door." And then cause it's kind of like um, a wide shot of like all of the doors, and you having like yeah. one go through here, one go through here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm, um, it might be a Scooby Doo thing. Might be a a HB thing. I don't know. I mean, they they always do it, and it's literally like. All the, like you said before, I think that all of the shows just follow such a specific format that they has to have like the beginning yeah, bit and then the yeah. running around bit and then they'll catch them shortly after that. Yeah, um, yeah, very standard show. Very, if you, and, if, if you uh, dissect it, absolutely. So let's talk about episodes we watched. So we started obviously with Scooby Doo. Where are you? That was the first time we saw scooby-doo on the television screens or not us because i wasn't born but uh some of our og og listeners might remember um right so i watched three of the first ones and then um two of the yeah i watched three two scooby-doos Same. i didn't watch any of the scrappy-doos so i i watched scooby i watched one episode of scooby-doo scrappy-doo Three of Scooby Doo, where are you? And two of what's new oh, Scooby Doo? Wow. Okay, let me get my. So about the same. Well, no, it's um, about the same. But the only thing is, I watched Scooby Doo and Scrappy Doo. Yeah. Uh, so was the Black Knight one the? Yeah, that's the very first one. What a night for a night. Yeah, it was a. It was a. My notes are quite short on this because I I really don't feel like the episodes um warranted more more than that notes because you kind of know once we've you've gone through this format you kind of know what happens right so uh this episode was about like a night and they were moving a night from one place to another um and it was going it was going to be in a museum and it's being transported by the professor that had been studying this particular artifact um and the legend is that it comes alive on a full moon and it's reeks kind of havoc or you know it's a bit naughty um so the professor goes missing um the, uh, shaggy and the gang find the uh the, the the truck that it was being transported in and there's like a suit of armor in the driver's seat and there's kind of a note in there that says deliver to the museum so they take it to the museum and the muse- museum creator is like oh look this legend and it comes alive and this and that and the other and then they they go back late at night um, and Shaggy has to go into the window to unlock the door because he's the thinnest. Um, uh, they find a secret room where the um, where it turns out this gang is switching art, like real art artifacts and paintings and uh, you know pre- precious precious things, um, and they're switching them for fakes. Um, and then it turns out that it's the museum creator after. Because I, I, I go from like explaining it to telling them who it is, because it's literally like that montage of like chasing and catching and setting a trap, and then 
And then they pull the mask off and it's like, oh, it's this guy. Uh, and, and did you guess? I did, yes. I d- Were you um, like doing that when you're watching the thing and right, I'm going to try and guess who it is? Yeah, or... I don't think you can help it. I think I, I would like, I would hazard a guess as to say anyone who watches Scooby-Doo, even if they're the most cynical person and most like, they don't even care about anything. If they watch a Scooby-Doo episode, I'm like, bears him. Like, yeah. Even if it's in the head and the exterior is really grumpy. You I'd... got to. You have to. Yeah, I think I I always do it anyway. I I'll, I'll admit that every time I watch an episode, even if like I'm not even interested, I'll be like, um, I'll you know I'll a quick side eye to the TV and be like, oh, that, it's gonna be him. Oh, look at him. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I had down was I love that they're walking alone in the dark at night after watching a, a scary movie in the cinema, and. I wrote that they said that Shaggy was a, a gymnast from school, which begs the question: How old are they? They're supposed to be teenagers, isn't it? Yeah, because you're saying kids, aren't they? Because obviously, yeah, I would have got away with it too if it wasn't for you meddling kids. It meant it, they mentioned in an episode later on that they're teenagers. So yeah, I've I heard that they were teenagers in an episode too, and that they were still going to school and. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they're. I don't know what age you go to university. It's about 18, right? So they can't be yeah. university students. Well, so I don't know. Maybe they, they call, they call in America, they call university school. Okay. So they might be uni students. Might like, might college like first, students. Yeah. Because or... school is school, isn't it? I guess. Yeah. So series one, episode two was about a deep sea diver. It was a kind of a glowing, one recurring theme is that they do love a bit of glow at Hannah and Barbera. Um, <laughs> so, so there's like this, there's this glowing deep sea diver, um, and Scooby and Shaggy are surfing, and sorry, Scooby's sur- surfing, and he uh, and he pulls a rage. Do you know what? Like when they when they reach into the sea and they pull something out, and it's like yeah, <laughs> and they don't want to see it, so they just put it back. And yeah, then, and so they kind of did that. There's this deep sea, this glowing deep sea diver kind of thing. Um, and they go to the lighthouse. Um, they, so they ask around and this and that and the other, and they, they end up going to the lighthouse where this woman lives that lost her husband, who was a deep sea diver. It turns out she's a witch, and she's like kind of doing a spell to 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 uh, to to summon him, to conjure him from the from the from the other realm. Um, uh, and then, but she said like because all these ships are going missing, all these like. Um, uh, what's it called? These um, yachts, people's yachts and people's stuff is going missing. Um, and she says, oh, I didn't realize it would do that when I was doing these spells. Um, and they, so everyone, they, they get these diving outfits and they go looking for this shipwreck that this guy went down on. Um, and they end up getting a lock locked in a ship. Oh, sorry. Just going back before that, this is the episode I was talking about where um, they, they saw this guy and they were talking to him about, he was the one that told him about this witch and this woman that lived in the lighthouse. And it, and he had this di- deep sea divers uh, outfit or, or equipment or whatever you want to say in his little basement. But he was like, Oh yeah, that's just my divers up and quickly closes the door kind of thing. So it's like, Oh, we've seen a diver. Here's a diver, you know, here's your, here's your, your guy sort of thing. So, I recognise that to be a red herring, but I didn't get this one actually. To be fair, um, and anyway, so they got the they got their, their diving outfits and they go scuba diving into the shipwreck. They find a shipwreck and they get locked in this room, uh, but not shagging a scuba. Um, and they're kind of like chasing this. They find this guy and they're chasing him around the ship. Who's this like deep sea diver thing? 
um, and it and they find a secret. They find these footprints, these radioactive footprints, kind of thing, and they lead into this big rock, and they find a uh, baddie. So to find find a secret lair because uh, Shaggy sits down, or was it Scooby or Shaggy? I did write it down. Oh yeah, so Shaggy sits down. He's like, "Oh god, we're never going to find him now." She sits on this little lever. It opens up the secret passage. You go in there. Turns out they've been putting the yachts in there. They've been painting them, and they've basically been selling them on, sort of thing. Um, uh, and then again, this chase thing, and they set up a trap, and there's soap involved, um, and they find out this guy. So they find the guy. They rip his thing off, but they don't recognize him. And then they say. Um, Oh, do you recognize it now? They put some seaweed up, and it turns out to be the guy that was killed in a in a shipwreck years before that the woman was trying to conjure. It was him, but it, he wasn't really dead, and they had this kind of like racket going on, sort of thing. Um, but I didn't get this one. I didn't. I didn't think it was going to be the the guy. I thought, it was, if anything, I thought it was going to be his wife. <laughs> um, and then final episode of series one of the Scooby Doo one. Um, what's the new Scooby Doo? No. What was this one called? Scooby, Scooby Doo, where are you? Um, there's a caveman, and this boat was transporting a caveman that they'd cut out of um, Arctic ice. Uh, and it there was a storm, and it fell off the boat basically. And um, it Shaggy and Scooby are fishing, and they um, end up basically they end up fishing it in uh, this big Neanderthal kind of thing. Uh, they take it to this. Sea world type place, and they said I'll look after it. Maybe I'll thaw it out and see if it comes back alive. Um, and then they go back there the next day, and this Neanderthal is not in its thing, and he starts chasing people, and they do the whole chase thing, and they turns out to be one of the professors that they took it to. He'd set up the whole thing, so he 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 read an article about the um the the caveman falling off the ship and he made a fake one and then he put it in the sea that he knew it'd wash up on this beach and be found by someone to, so that it would be taken to them uh, and he did that all to steal one of his mates um or one of the co-professors device that was used to to talk to marine life so he could talk to dolphins he could talk to fish and 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 that's what he wanted to steal. And it was not even a, even reference. It was shown in the episode. It wasn't part of the episode. It was just like so said in passing that this is a thing. Uh, wasn't used in the episode. Wasn't a. Th- yeah, it was just really random episode. Um, that one. So it turns out to be the professor's mate. Um, and that's all of the Scooby Doo ones I saw of that one. Okay, so the ones I watched of uh, Scooby Doo, where are you? So this was season two, episode one, and it was called Nowhere to Hide. So this was a kind of a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde kind of um, deal. So, yeah, they were were on their way home from the malt shop. And so the ghost of Mr. Hyde just happens to jump in the back of the mystery machine. And, yeah, they're just driving along. And I love how they're going, oh, Fred, why are you going through these creepy shortcuts? And then they see that the ghost of Mr. Hyde is hiding in the mystery machine. They basically run out and they go to a house where there's a guy called Dr. Jekyll. He's in there and he's basically telling the kids, oh, I think I might be transforming into a ghost. Can you guys help me? I don't know what I'm doing. I don't remember anything. 
and he's like, I don't know why my shoes are muddy. And so they, you know, looking for clues inside the house, having to look around. And so they come across Helga and she was uh, Jekyll's housekeeper. And the way they were doing it, you you'd think it was her because she has like a lot of suspicious items in her room. Everyone's thinking, oh man, it's definitely got to be them. And so when they do the classic nab the criminal, they and obviously using Scooby and Shaggy as the decoy, as they always do. Um, yeah, they basically nab the uh, the criminal, and it wasn't Helga. Was it him? Yes. Yeah. It was him. The whole. It was such a good bait and switch. Because you don't think it's the doctor, you, you think it's too obvious. Because the way he was talking, and they were all like, oh no, it can't be him because he was in the study or he was with us when it was happening. But no, the way they did that, I thought that is really, really like they threw a curveball to everybody. We're all thinking, you know what? It's Helga. We got a bang to rights. And then when they pull off the mask, and they're like, oh, Dr. Jekyll. And yeah, so they were all like, and he was basically like trying to frame Helga, the the housekeeper. But no, that was a really good, um, really good switch there. And the last episode of Scooby Doo, where are you? Was don't fool with a phantom. So the kids are on a um, TV show called the Johnny Sounds Dance Game Show. They're having a good time, having a boogie. And then there was a uh, wax phantom who they encounter. And he's seeking revenge because the the show gets cancelled. And he steals a load of money and basically kidnaps the the station manager. And then the plan was that he wanted to flee to South America. And obviously, I think it was Velma who was like, looks like we got another mystery on our hands. And Shaggy's like, yeah, whether we want to or not, right? Because I like how reluctant they are. And yeah, so they're basically trying to like lure the the Phantom Wax. And they managed to lure him. And it turned out it was the station manager. So I think he faked his kidnapping and... This is another one I couldn't really uh, figure out. So that was uh, another another really fun episode. And then I watched Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo. As you can hear the theme song in the background, this is, uh, this is uh, one that I remember very, very much growing up. Probably the, the incarnation of Scooby-Doo that I know the best. And this was actually um, a really, really good episode. I actually really liked this one. This was called uh, The Scarab Lives. So basically there's a um, a comic that Shaggy and Scooby love. It's called The Blue Scarab. And he's like this good guy. He's a hero. But then he basically becomes bad and he steals a million dollars in jewelry and in the book there's a 
there's a comic and in that comic it's basically talking about how each step the blue scarab becomes bad and they encounter this comic book out of nowhere and so they're like okay well this comic book ain't supposed to be coming out right now this is meant to be like a new version and it's like but you can the guy in the office was like yeah yeah sure whatever you can um you can take it and then so what happens is so step by step they're showing how he's stealing like robbing the bank they're showing how he's stealing jewels and so they're all thinking oh my god what happened to the uh the blue scarab i I thought he was meant to be um a good guy i thought he was meant to be um like i thought he was meant to be a hero but he's like you know what i'm sick and tired of 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 being an assistant i'm sick and tired of being your your lackey and as you can tell it was the assistant who was basically posing as the blue scarab and yeah this was a a really really fun episode what's new scooby-doo so this was a modern take on the scooby-doo franchise the theme song is performed by rock group Simple Plan, and they've had. I was a fan of these as a, as a younger me. Oh, were you? I'm just a kid. I do like that song. But um, yeah, they were the ones who performed it, and obviously you can see it's very modern. It's very clear, and the Mystery Machine has a sat nav and. And and what has you? So yeah, let's let's dive right into this one. So the first episode was called "There's No Creature Like Snow Creature." Yeah, and I've just re- read my notes, and um, there's two lines. <laughs> uh, he in an avalanche turns out to be a washed-up snowboarder. Lots of suspects, though. Mm. Um. So this is one where, um, firstly, I I. I think the this the the this series was a lot easier to watch than the last ones. I I found that the episodes were written and and kind of were better produced. Obviously, it's like the picture's sharper and the yeah. sound is better. And but I just found it in general the episodes were less draggy on this on this particular really on this series. Yeah, I, mean, I thought I thought the other way around. I thought oh, okay. the older stuff were very easy to watch, and I thought this was draggy. I thought what's new Scooby Doo dragged. Uh, so this one wasn't that. I didn't find it. That. I didn't find that. Um, one thing we'll say is that when, <laughs> so I I put the this is the first link I clicked on that you sent me to watch, and yeah, I clicked this on and played it, and my son immediately grabbed the remote, squealed at me, and just turned it off, <laughs> and he. <laughs> He was not. He was not a fan of the of the new reboot of um, Scooby Doo. So, um, sorry, that's just gone off on a tangent there. But back to it. So, um, yeah, if I can remember properly, so basically, what happens is they go into this kind of um, skiing retreat place, and there's like a skiing event, and and uh, this is one where they're kind of using a slightly different story technique, where storytelling technique, where they start off and show you something, and then they go into the story. So, yeah. So they have like um, an avalanche go, and then in the avalanche, this big yeti kind of thing comes out and starts picking off or injuring snowboarders. Um, and 
then it cuts to you know them making their way to this um sort of routine and they and 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 they, they go to this place and there's been these like suspect things going on and um there's like a suspect where this guy doesn't like snowboarders because he was injured by one it ended his skiing career um and there's a guy that was um this kind of washed up guy that um uh used to be good but then all the young guns are kind of taking him over now uh there's this like this this billionaire guy who was like chasing tv ratings and things like that um who needed like these things for the sponsorships and and there's kind of a few more things going on so basically it turns out that they go looking for this thing and it's um it's not, obviously it's not really a snow monster it's not really a yeti or whatever and they find out this is radio controlled thing and it turns out to be this guy that was um uh this washed up snowboarder guy i'm sure you can feel fill in the gaps so i'm i'm leaving out because i didn't write the names or anything um because it's very like i said it's very much scooby-doo it's very much kind of like a who is it this is this is going on who is it a big chase thing and then they one one thing that was a little bit disappointing and they kind of had a mask reveal but it kind of didn't where it was a monster so there was no and it was like a robot thing in the end so it wasn't like a pull the mask off job when they killed the monster it was it, they uh the guy was kind of using these vr glasses to control it and that was as much as you got and i quite i quite like the mask pulling off bit i think that's one of the that's one of my favorite bits about Scooby-Doo. But I think we didn't have that. Well, it's, it's new, isn't it? It's very, it's very modern. It's very um, a new take, like I said, on uh, on Scooby-Doo. And like I wrote, yeah, Mystery Machine using Satnav, very modern. And because Fred and Velma, I think Fred hurt his leg. And Velma, she got a cold, so it was up to Daphne and Fred, not Fred, Daphne and Shaggy to uh, try and solve the mystery. And I love Fred was like, I don't want you to go. I think it's too dangerous for... And then he stops. And then Daphne's like, for a woman? Don't worry about me, Sonny Jim, I'll be all right. And he's always like calling, going, "Ah, get out of there, get out of there," and 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 what have you. And I like that kind of modern take. I'm sure this was the '60s. Fred would have been like, "Hell to the no, you stay in our home," and and what have you. But this is obviously this is a new thing now. This is a it's a new day. So uh, there you go. And uh, the the villain was avalanche anderson it was him because i i didn't think he liked all the the new um all the new snowboarders and stuff yeah the new the new young bucks who are taking over and 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 what have you so what was the other episode that you watched so i went on to episode eight next i'm not sure if you want i mean it doesn't really matter but i want no um do you want me to fill the gap in for episode eight well, I've, then, I've not, yeah. If you if you talk about episode eight, and then I can talk about the last one of season one that I watched. Perfect. Okay. Cool. So this one was called uh, "So Fiery, So Good," and this was episode eight. Um, enjoyed the name a little bit. Um, and again, this is started off, you know, kind of like little clip at the beginning was glowing animals. Um, so like glowing lion and monkey and gorilla and some <laughs> cheetah i think was there and some other vicious vicious animals <clears throat> and they're chasing some people and then barbera gotta let them know 
exactly. even in 2002 <laughs> god let them know we still run this <laughs> um they so they, they go to the uh bb not the bbc uh, um the, it cuts to them the, the main gang and they're in a they're in like this kind of safari bus and they're making like a documentary about being being there sort of thing they're just in this uh um they're in um kenya i think they are and um kind of making a um did they actually it, say kenya or did they say africa no it was africa they didn't ever say kenya but they were talking about um... <laughs> see see no but they did they did mention Swahili, right gang so... we're going to africa they, they, they said oh that's that means danger in swahili or something like that so so they go to the place and there's like loads of baby animals come and they're like, um, and there's loads of insects kind of thing. And there's this like, a, there's this couple there that they're on their honeymoon. And um, so they're going to kind of safari thing. And there's this guy kind of turns up and he goes, Oh, what have you seen my monkey? And, and he, and he shouts at him and, and then it's, and this monkey has his t-shirt on and it says, um, I see and I do. Like um, <laughs> little play on the phrase, you know, monkey see, monkey do, kind of. But I, little thing. Oh, like that. that is genius! <laughs> so, <laughs> so I enjoyed that little, um, that little bit. Um, so it turns out that when they get there, all these animals are like mysteriously disappearing. And this is what I was talking about before when, when you have the, oh, the what I, I, I will figure the word out, and I'll tell you next week that the the music where you're supposed to hear it and the music where you're not supposed so that's sorry the music where the characters hear it and the music where the characters don't hear it so normally a music track the characters don't hear it right so like you get any yeah, film, yeah. you know action film there's music that you know the people don't hear it um it's not referenced and not driving things it's a storyline and this one this is music happening when the when the when the uh when the when the animals are attacking and things and this and that and the other and at first, it's not even referenced that the that this 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 music is in real in their world kind of thing. So that was very confusing for me, um, and um, so it turns out that when this particular music's happening, the animals go crazy, and you know, and then animals start disappearing and stuff like that, and then they start to have this like this kind of radioactive glow, um, uh, and what so radioactive bit's important because when they're going to um when they're going to the um oh there's this so this is other woman there who's kind of a bit hard and a bit like what the hell kind of thing and she, her name's joan goodfield and she's trying to solve the mystery she's so, so she's already there and they're all kind of a little bit suspicious of her um and they go on this kind of trek and they're led by this um by this guide i can't remember his name but he's he's looking for a uranium field that he owns or has a claim to and so he but he didn't tell them that he was like they said oh, have you got a map and he said no i haven't got a map so they get lost and they catch him looking at this map and he explains that actually it's my uranium field and they had they so scooby and this monkey go missing um when his music kind of comes on um and then when the monkey comes back they put the headphones these headphones on him so that he can't hear the music the sounds that are making him go crazy and then they they kind of rub his skin and he's got this makeup thing which is um they um daphne 
identifies it because she's like she's going crazy the whole episode because her hair's getting frizzy because of the humidity and the the flies are getting in her and stuff like that. she's going crazy so when she thinks oh i know this this is like eternal glow by such and such brand of makeup so someone's just been putting makeup on and making them glow um and then they find this boat that seems to be docked in the middle of nowhere uh, and then they let all the animals out which I was like, that is so stupid. They're wild animals. And they let lions out, cheetahs out, and with like giraffes and everything else. And I was like, you can't, guys, you've got to think about this. First of all, don't be in the same room as a lion. Even if it is, even if you are setting it free, it's not going to really know. Um, anyways, we're fine. And it turns out that this episode ended really quick. So the guys that were on a honeymoon to begin with is them and it turns out that they're poachers and they're not and, and they're just basically catching the animals and they're selling them to people in the states who want wild pets you know like lions and whatever it is um and they're just doing it for a profit and that's the end and this one was a bit disappointing as well because they didn't have a mask pulling off they literally turned around and said i know who did it it was them and they pointed to them and they confessed to the whole thing Where's um, the mud? Where's the mysterious ghost ghoulie thing? The, 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 the mysterious ghost ghoulies were the glowing animals. Oh. They were going crazy. Oh, sorry, I'll explain that bit. So they were going crazy because of this sound that they were playing from the boat, and it was making this this sound. The music. There was a myth about this this particular thing, and it was spooky or whatever. And the music was to cover up this noise that was go was driving the animals crazy. So the the noise was driving the animals crazy, and the music was just cover up so the humans couldn't hear it. Uh, and that was and but it literally just turned around and said, "Oh, it's you." And they're like, "Oh yeah, it was us. We did it because of this." Um, and that was it. It's really quite a disappointing ending, to be honest. <laughs> okay, so I watched an episode called "The Unnatural." So this was based in a baseball stadium because Fred wins the Meet Luis Santiago contest. And they're basically going to the Cookie Company International Park. And Luis Santiago is about to break the home record. But the ghost of Cab Craig, the former owner of the record, shows up and he's like, you better not beat my record. Otherwise, you're going to get got. Everybody in the stadium going to get got. It's on site, basically, if you break the record. And so he gets cold feet. And so, yeah, basically, they're investigating the stadium. Scooby sees the mascot, Mr. Grizz. He's meant he's like a grizzly bear mascot, and he's called Mr. Grizz. So he's basically running after the mascot, like pulling off the mask. I like that Shaggy's like, usually we take the mask off at the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I like those self-aware moments. Yeah. So they're running around the stadium trying to figure out what's what. And so they formulate a plan to try and stop your man trying to impede. So what he does is he throws like fireballs at the person at, at, on the bat. And so Luis Santiago's like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. And they all say, you know what? Let's, let's all do it. And then we'll try and trap, 
trap the guy and so in the end they trap the the person doing it and it turns out that the ghost of cab craig was bob taylor and bob taylor was like his best friend he's like i didn't want anybody to to beat the record because it's my mate i don't want anyone beating my boy's record but in the end yeah that's how it kind of stops and it's like oh well i would have stopped it if it wasn't for these i think we're saying interloping kids or interloping adolescents yeah interloping adolescents and then velma's like you mean meddling kids i was like yeah there we go i would have got away with it too if it wasn't for these meddling kids that's such a classic line it's such a famous line i think it's probably one of the most famous things that's come out of scooby-doo such a bob used it when uh, he tried to frame crusty and he's getting arrested and he's like and i would have got away with it too if it wasn't for these meddling kids is yeah it is one of those uh i like how they always explain it and shaggy's like uh yeah yeah i knew but uh just uh we're exchanging notes how did you work it out and then yeah, Val or yeah. fred will uh explain, will explain it, it. it and that's uh scooby dooby doo i'll tell you what as growing up i didn't really remember ever hearing the scooby dooby doo where are you we got some work to do now that's probably the one thing i don't remember as much i mean i know it i've heard of it but when I was watching episodes of Scooby-Doo, it would always just be a normal theme song. It wouldn't be that particular thing. But um, Scooby-Doo! Any any last thoughts? Any... uh... No, actually, I I, I think I agreed with that that, that comment you made about it. It was like, you know, Scooby-Doo will always just be like it's not gonna be it's not kind of it's nothing groundbreaking but it's it'll always be something that you watch and your kids watch and their kids will probably watch and it'll always be there um but it's i don't think it's going to be breaking any ground anytime soon yeah i think that's a good way to put it yeah and i think yeah with that article yeah like it's one of those things where it'll just it'll always be around forever and it's such a easy format it's a it's an easy watch although you thought what's new scooby-doo was a lot easier to watch than scooby-doo where are you but i thought the other way so that was quite a that's quite interesting but um no scooby scooby-doo was really good and yeah this is uh one of those uh super iconic cartoons that really really put Hannah Barbera on the map and it kind of made them into like the heavyweight cartoon makers so uh you got them again Hannah Barbera you got them again right so now we're gonna do our head-to-head so this is gonna be like a classic British cartoon slash book head-to-head kind of thing so this is going to be quite a good one so we're going to start with barney the dog so this came out in december 1988 and some of the things happening in the world benazir bhutto was named first female prime minister of a muslim country pakistan the first world aids day is held 
Nelson Mandela is transferred to the Victor Vester prison, Cape Town. Rain Man was in the cinemas. Amazing film. And especially for you by Kylie and Jason was in the charts. You know this song, of course you know. They made this song to death. To this day, they still play this song to death. You have to know this song. And you're white. Of course you know it, especially for you by <laughs> Kylie and Jason. This is like the white people's top 100 songs. I'll have to have a look at it. I'll have a look after the show. I think they got married as well, but uh, it didn't quite work out. But uh, yeah, you know this song. Of course you know this song. So this is a... We're going to Barney now, and this is a British animated TV series about a clumsy dog who dreams of stardom and his best friend, Roger the Mouse. Obviously, it centers on those two, and yeah, so Roger is a field mouse who lives in Barney, who's a sheepdog, and Barney is kind of always lured by the bright lights of fame and fortune. Roger is a wise-talking mouse and he's always quick to point out various opportunities and shortcomings. And he has a good friend called Prophet, who is a dour spaniel and he's always forecasting trouble and strife. And then you've got Desmond, Roger and Camellia, who is the quote-unquote pretty chihuahua. And he's also the uncle of two Dalmatian pups. And yeah, so they traverse the world on all fours. It's a dog world. So all you just see is dogs everywhere. Dogs owning homes. Dogs driving cars. Dogs driving buses. And yeah, so this was produced by John Coates and Bob Balser. And yeah, and also Jack Stokes, I think, was one of the directors. Um, Bob Balser also directed episodes of The Adams Family for Hannah Barbera. He also worked on the Emmy-winning adaptation of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe and the Charlie Brown TV series. And yeah, Barney was animated in Barcelona and the production features a light crayon layout design in the fashion of the snowman. So yeah, as I was mentioning the characters, you had Barney, who was voiced by Tim Brooke Taylor. Roger was voiced by Harry Enfield. And he also did the voice of Desmond, who was an Afghan dog who wore sunglasses and talks in a Michael Kainish tone of voice and is the head of the TV ass. And... Camellia, who was a lovely lady chihuahua. You had Francine, who was a friendly Irish setter. Obviously, Prophet, or Mr. Prophet, who is a Spaniel who has a depressed attitude. And Lost and Found, that was their names. They're the Dalmatian puppies that were found on Christmas Eve by Barney and were given to Mr. Prophet as a Christmas present. Barney! Barney! Let's talk about this show and the theme song. Oh my God, the theme song is so amazing. This was like one of the things that, like, again, 
a theme song that was so burning in my childhood. I never watched this show um, as a kid. Um, I can already tell this week's going to be a draw. Um, <laughs> um, so, did you do you know of it or no? Never it? heard of it. Never. It was like completely fresh for me. Wow. Um, so, and I watched this last in my lineup. So I was thrown off by the kind of like the 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 dogs are in their own little world thing and yeah houses and driving the cars and and having the sip in their tea and i was really thrown off by that <laughs> because like it's, it's the only one where they they're not animals they're like the humans if you see if you see what I mean. yeah yeah um, yeah and i found it really off-putting and i th- and um like barney is just not a, not a nice dog like he's it's always like up to mischief or up to some other thing and yes he is i didn't find it very charming I he like, rescued two dalmatian puppies on christmas eve yeah but why he wanted the reward money what do you mean why there wasn't no reward money <laughs> there were two two poor babies and yeah he gave them to mr prophet as a christmas present as it sound like as it sound like someone who's a horrible person no, I no, I did say he's horrible. I mean, maybe I did, but I didn't mean. Yeah, it. you did. Uh, um, I, I mean, he's just like you inferred <laughs> that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's just not like um. No, I I don't know what I mean. It just wasn't. I was a bit. Th- I think I was a bit like, why is where's all the people, and why are you in their houses, kind of thing. It's their houses. Yeah, it's I a just... dog world, isn't it? So yeah, I just found it a bit weird to be honest um it's a um, kid's show and uh, yeah but the, and the mouse suspend your disbelief for like three minutes the show was literally three minutes long yeah i know but and that was great i really enjoyed the length but i just couldn't i couldn't get into it even like three minutes was a bit more what about the theme song i mean it was all right uh, what do you mean no, it... i said i say this time like my benchmark actually you know what my benchmark is a Swedish intro of the Moomins, <laughs> and and, it's, and again, it's just nowhere near it. I think part of you talking is that obviously, if you've seen it for the first time in your life today, yeah. But obviously, I've watched this show since I was four, five years old. I want to know where you got all, how how you found all of these shows as a kid. I don't I know. Think... I watched a ton of children's television growing up, didn't I? Maybe, I like. Maybe... I literally remember watching this show after school when I was like four or five. I remember watching this show when I used to have um, when I used to come home for lunch. Sometimes it would literally be on at like one o'clock. So like between one o'clock and like one fifteen, just before I have to go back in. Yeah, would show um, children's cartoons, and Barney the dog would be one of them. And he, you always used to come on on a Friday. I used to always remember like hearing the theme song, Barney, Barney, Barney. Yeah, this was hella iconic, hella iconic for me. Yeah, I mean, you say, where did I watch all of these things? Where, how, how were you not watching these things? I'm not sure if it's because, like, 
I have a feeling that when we got home from school, I was banished from the house so my parents could have a bit of peace and quiet because there's so many shows I just didn't watch. And Oh, not, not just you didn't watch. You haven't even heard of them. Yeah. Uh, I still can't believe to this day you've never heard of The Family Ness. No, but I was... See, that, that's, a, that's again, like what, Yesterday's Capers. I, that theme tune is now in my head because I love the show. Like... I love discovering yeah. these new things. Unfortunately for me, this wasn't one of the shows that I enjoyed so much. Oh, okay. One flaw that I will say about Barney as we sort of talked about episodes, I felt like a couple of them didn't really have a conclusion. It just ended very abruptly. Yeah, just complete, completely agree with that. Um, yeah, it's just, just one of those... Ended. I'm like, yeah. okay, whoa, 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 whoa. I think Monty the Dog as well, a couple of them were like, one of it them... just ended. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure if um the if the episode was cut short on one of the Monty Dog ones, but I didn't see the end. It just kind of cut off and went to the next. No, video. but I genuinely think that's how it would end. It would just end because it's literally three, four minutes long. Yeah. Boom, finished. Whereas at least in Tales and the Tooth Fairies, it was very, very short, but they managed like a to story, have a beginning, a, a middle, yeah. and an end, like a whole arc, like the whole thing. Whereas yeah, these two shows that we're going to talk about didn't really have any of any of those things, and I kind of found that to be um, found that to be interesting. So uh, let's 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 go into episodes. Um, right. So my um, episodes are all over the place. So if you want to talk about the the, the pilot, because I don't think I, I didn't watch the pilot. I ain't watching a Christmas episode in July. Are you kidding me? Uh, so I shoot. I don't... I have no idea what... I've only written one. I'm guessing the second one is Barney Gets Into Mischief. Oh, so I didn't watch that one. I did see it, but I didn't watch it. Um, the first that was one the I... second episode. Do you want to watch? Do you want to say that one then? Yeah. Um, okay, so basically they're all going to the fair because the fair is coming into town. I wrote down in my notes, we don't seem to have fairs anymore, which is such a shame. Love a good old fair. Well, definitely not in COVID territory. Well, but... yeah, obviously, but I'm saying, like, in general, like, I remember, like, my primary school always used to have, like, a summer fair just open, just that the whole park, like, the whole school, the whole playground would just be full of stalls and shops. And we'd just, yeah, yeah. Sh- and literally, I would only have a pound, but I would walk away with, like, loads of stuff like literally things would be costing like 10p 5p eating all the ice cream in the world yeah eating all the crisps and still having like money left over yeah that's the thing like everything just seems to cost a fortune now doesn't it well Um, i'm not not that it costs a fortune they don't have that kind of stuff anymore where you just go into a big space and just having everybody gathering around no i do like that um the old whole idea like we used to have christmas bazaars and things like that in our school where there'll be like a little jumble sale there'll be like a splat the rat thing and and like all these like little games to play and it was just like yeah fun place to be and yeah like i, th- I really haven't seen it for a while yeah like that's why i kind of like this because they're like oh look the fair's in town and they're all going off to the fair and basically Barney's like, oh, this is so much fun. This is so much fun. And Prophet was like, Ugh, you know what my idea of fun is? And he's like curled up on a chair and listening to music. And I was thinking, that's pretty much what I do. Just curled up in a nice sofa, watching TV or, I don't know, 
just browsing the that 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 sort of thing, and I was like, "Yeah, I can I can relate, homie. I can relate." And Barney's winning all the prizes, and they're just basically scoffing all the uh, scoffing all the candy floss. And so what happens is um, there's a hot air balloon, and so Barney tries to get on it. He turns on the uh, the the gas and the fire, so he's flying off, and they're all like, "Get down from there! Get down from there, you idiot!" And then you got the little Dalmatians going, "We want to go! We want to go!" And then they end up managing to latch onto uh, a balloon, and they go home. So this kind of had a good ending, but there were a couple where it's just like, "Huh? Wait." Is that it? But genuinely, yeah, it was like I think for them it was like it was um right, we've got four minutes. If we can finish it, great. If not, sod it, we'll just end it in the yeah. most logical place. Um so I and now I have no idea about no water, so uh have at it. And I think there might be episodes that we both watched, so let's so first one I watched was called uh, Barney Gets a Visitor. Uh, and this dog called Byron comes around and he's basically... I'm not sure, I, you mentioned before about like um, this is playing on um, Barney's ego and he says, like, I'm going to make you a star and he's going to like put him in this TV show thing. Um, but he said, I'll stay at your house kind of thing. So he goes around, he eats all of Barney's food and he's like um, got his feet up and the thing. He watches what he wants to watch and a thing. And then um, what's the... Is it Roger the Mouse? Yeah, yeah. So Roger's saying, "Oh, dude, we've got to get rid of this guy." Um, um, so they they get this. Who's the dog that looks with the glasses and the long hair? Desmond. So Desmond, they go around Desmond's house, be like, "Hey, listen, do you want a do you want a TV show?" Uh, and then they basically say, "Oh, you got to go and talk to this guy that's at mine." Uh, and they bring him around, and, and Desmond kind of talks to him, and they kind of get on. And Byron's like, "Oh yeah, I'll go to your house then." Um, um, and so he goes there, and he starts leeching off him instead of Barney. So it's kind of a mission accomplished. And that's like end of that one. Next one was Barney's winter holiday, um, and they're in a snowy place, and the mouse is not happy. But, uh, so, so Roger's not happy because it's freezing cold and doesn't like it. Barney can't ski. He's been helping. But one thing I quite liked is he's been helped. His ski lesson has been done by a St. Bernard. You know, the the big old dogs that do the snow rescues. Um, <laughs> so I quite enjoyed that. And then um, they, she's like, oh, I'll help you. Uh, and he's like, oh, get off. I, I can do it myself sort of thing. And then they ended up, they both slide down the hill on his skis. Um, and then they go down a jump and then they end up on TV doing this like Olympics jump thing and they end up winning a prize. End of yeah. story. Barney's hungry day. Um, so Barney steps on the scales and it just says, you know, the PC wouldn't allow this anymore, but it just goes straight to fat on the scales. Um, <laughs> so I was like, what are you about to say? <laughs> no, what so, are you about to say? It literally just says, like, I can't remember what the other one said, but it literally says fat and it points into that and he goes a bit like, he's like oh no. Um, and then Desmond says, oh, like, don't worry, it's nothing, a bit of exercise can't. Uh, fix and so um, Barney doesn't eat and he does like they do this kind of rocky montage of him exercising uh, and then when they goes back it turns out that the scales are just stuck and that they were just on fat the whole time so then he just starts scoffing all the food I bet he, they couldn't actually afford the uh, uh, oh what's it called 
the rights to Rocky theme? No, um, where he's going up the steps. I think it's called F- Come Fly Now or... Oh, the, the actual Rocky theme. I bet they couldn't afford to say that they had to do... Uh, oh my god because i remember like when we used to um work at the community channel and obviously we couldn't quite um afford using couldn't afford the budgets of that couldn't afford big musical scores so we had to use cheap versions so if you wanted to use like a football version it would be like just slightly just slightly different yeah um, much of the did um <laughs> uh so the next one i watched was called i only watched two more so one, next one i watched is barney oh no barney's hungry day so only one more so barney the tv director um he sees this like tv crew descending on um the chihuahua's house and he goes next door he's like oh, i've got to buy some milk he's like being really nosy he wants to get involved um and they don't want him around because it's he's, called like, gonna fly now I knew it was oh, something so you were, fly. You were, yeah, you were right. Gonna you were fly right. now. Sorry. Um, that's good. Um, uh, so anyway, so he basically tries to get involved. And then he says, and they said, oh, can you help me test this mic sort of thing? You're talking to this mic and you need to test and find He's like, oh, yeah. And he starts doing like singing into it and starts like going a bit crazy. And they kind of snatch off and says, pack it in sort of thing. And then he goes and he says, and this guy says, oh, can you come up here? Because I want to light you. Uh, and then he starts like, getting into costume and stuff like that. It's really trying to get involved. And it's a live show that's about to take place. So they kind of like said, like, can you go away? Because this is going to be live. And then um, as he's, it goes live and they're watching Cornelia and and they they said, um, and he goes, no, 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 it's all wrong. It's all wrong. And he kind of bursts onto set and tries to give us some direction, forgetting that it's live. And then Desmond chases him because he's forgotten it's live, but he just wants to like kind of get him. And then that's the end of that. So that's all the Barney I watched. Okay, so there was, I didn't notice there was a lot of like TV based episodes of yeah of this show. So, um, okay, so I watched Barney's Forgotten Birthday. And so it's Barney's birthday. And so nobody's like really saying anything. Like Roger's like, oh, I'm really, really busy. I'm going to be going out tonight. And Barney's like sulking and Prophet's like, oh hey, Barney, what's what's up, man? Like, do you wanna babysit the kids? And he was like, Aren't you forgetting something? And he's like, Oh no, I'm having to get together with the with the mandem. So he's like, I'm gonna go off and do my thing. And he's left with basically lost and found running around the house. And so one of them's like, Barney, Barney, come outside, come outside, and then Surprise! Woo! Happy birthday to Barney! Yay! I love how he just slammed the door from Profit when he's like, do you mind if you want to look after the kids? And Barney's just like, just slams the door at him. I was like, oh my god. And then this was one of one of two episodes I watched involving Barney and television. So I think Barney's reading the newspaper and they're basically looking for someone to become a TV star. So Barney's like, right, let's go to London. I'm going to get a single ticket. And Roger's like, why are you going to get a single ticket? So he goes, by the time I become famous, I'm going to be coming back in a Rolls Royce. 
And so they're going, to, he's at the TV studio. He's trying to do lots of things. And Roger's like, right, do this, do that. And Barney's like messing everything up. And then all of a sudden, Roger like falls off Barney and he like does this really cool landing on the floor. And everyone's like, woo, well done, well done. And they're like, oh, forget Barney, Roger's the star. And they put the camera on Roger and it ends. Just like that. <laughs> I'm thinking, crazy. you need to develop the story. I, I want to see what Roger gets up to. I want to know that story arc and explain it. So that was one of the episodes where it ended very abruptly. Barney nabs a crook. So Barney and Roger are arguing because there's a, an empty fridge. So Camellia, the lady chihuahua, comes over. She's like, right, you two need to stop bickering. You need to call the police and find out who's doing all of this. And so basically two police officers just walk in and they're like just looking around going, oh, what's going on here? What's going on here? And they're like, right, we're going to. We're going to do a stakeout. And Barney's like, oh, you guys might as well do a stakeout because I can't get a stake in. You know what I mean? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> that was quite funny. And um, so, yeah, they go into the kitchen and it turns out it was Barney all along. He was sleepwalking and eating. And it ended. But I think this one kind of did have a, an ending, a satisfying ending. Last episode I watched was called Barney on TV. And so Barney gets a job as a TV studio in the TV studio as a stage assistant. So he's basically going to the famous people's office going, you're on in five. And they're like, oh, how did I do? And they're like, oh, you did really, really good. So he's basically setting everything up. He's setting the whole studio up, blah, 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 blah. And then the little Dalmatians are like, oh, where's Uncle Barney? And he's basically asleep. And it ends. It just <laughs> ends abruptly. Is that it? I mean, I shouldn't complain because probably next week's shows are going to be doing... 25-minute episodes. Yeah, with uh, long storylines and 45 episodes a season. Like the tribe. Again. Woo, the tribe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mind that though, because I liked the tribe. But um, yeah, no, that was that was Barney. Obviously, yeah, you uh, didn't have that much love for Barney, clearly. So uh, yeah. yeah, let's just let's just move on then. So yeah, we're going on to Monty the dog. Not quite sure when it came out, so I'm just going to do an overall of 1994. <laughs> I'm guessing it did, but I'm no, I'm, but I can't prove that it didn't come out in September. So. You're stuck with 1994. So uh, some, of the, some of the general things happening in 1994 that I sort of picked out. The Irish government announces the end of a 15-year broadcasting ban on the provisional Irish Republican Army and its political arm, Sinn Féin. A referendum in Moldova results in the electorate voting against possible reunification with Romania. OJ Simpson and his friend Al Cowlings flee from police in a white Ford Bronco. The low-speed chase ends at Simpson's Brentwood, Los Angeles mansion, where he surrenders. The Lion King was the highest-grossing film. 
And Streets of Philadelphia by Bruce Springsteen was the biggest record, I believe, in 1994. So Monty the Dog. This was a British children's program based on the books by Colin West. And Monty is a pet dog owned by the Sprod family. So you got Mr. and Mrs. Sprod and their children, Simon and Josie. He wears the tra- his trademark red glasses that they uh, made for him following a suggestion from a cyclist who nearly hit him the day before. He appears to be accident prone and he likes to eat sausages, ice cream, custard, mince pies, walnut whips. And of course... Chocolate biscuits. That's right. And yeah, like I said, it was based on the books. There were, I believe, six books released from 1989 to 1996. So you had Monty, the dog who wears glasses, that first released in 1989. Monty Bites Back in 1990. Monty Up to His Neck in Trouble in 1992. Monty Ahoy in 1994. And Monty's Ups and Downs in 1996. I believe the blurb of the book reads, and I quote, Although Monty's glasses don't actually help him to see any better, he finds he gets a lot of attention wearing them. He tries to be helpful, but generally ends up in more trouble than if he just stayed at home asleep in his chair, which is what he'd rather be doing anyhow. And yeah, obviously the books follow more or less the same format, except for the first one, which includes an explanation of why, like I said, Monty wears glasses. The story is mainly told through text and illustrations in black and white, though there is the occasional speech bubble for the human characters and thought bubble for Monty's thoughts. And the illustrations on the covers are in colour. Monty the dog, did you remember? No, didn't see it, didn't I? I I didn't watch it as a kid. What about the books? Didn't know about it. Did you not read the books either? No, when I was a kid, it was all about the um, the the Magic Key and the Biff, Chip and Kipper books and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, I I read those books too. But I read Monty the Dog as well. This was one probably of probably because um... you got you probably got onto those books when you finished the Biff, Chip and Kipper ones. But I got stuck on them. <laughs> we we when we was a kid, oh, we, had yeah. to read the, we had to read the books without fault, and then we were allowed to go on to the next one. Oh yeah, we had like reading sets as well. Yeah, uh, but I yeah I wasn't. I got a D in English language, so... Uh... I, uh... What did I get for English language? I think I got a B. I got, I got a B a in English literature. Lit, and I got a C... I, I got, no, I got a, I got a B in English Lit, and I got a B in English language, too. I was I actually got... quite good at English in school. Oh, it was one of my, uh... better subjects, in terms of, like, you know, mass English science. English was definitely my stronger one. Uh, no, see, I, I got um, disheartened with uh, Shakespeare. I was not a fan... Of Shakespeare, it's not that I wasn't a fan of Shakespeare. I was, I, I wasn't a fan of going through it line by line, word by word. For me, that ruined everything. I was like, oh, dude. He's like, oh, I, I think that Shakespeare meant this when he said that. I was like, oh, no, I think he said it because it sounded cool, or he was trying to chat up a woman or something. No, but like Macbeth banged though. Yeah, Macbeth but Macbeth was, was a like, banger. Hundred, like out of yeah, like out of Shakespeare, Macbeth was a banger. Yeah, All the other ones were quite boring. Is, yeah, but it's just like going through it line by yeah, line yeah, by yeah. line by line. And I was like, oh, man, just kill me now. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't a fan of that. <laughs> no, um, what was I going to say? No, but we um, this was like when we were in infants and we would have like books or whatever. And yeah, Monty yeah. the Dog would be one of the books that we were reading or 
at least no, I just, when I, I would remember. frequent the library, I would always get Monty the books, like Monty the dog books. No, I was still about the Biff, Chip and Kipper ones and Magic Key. and I, I think I kind I of grew think... out of those in like year one. I think I would read them all in like year going one. Going on year and was... six and I was still on like... <laughs> <laughs> But I can't believe they didn't turn those into cartoons. They did. What, Biff and Chip? Yeah. Was it a cartoon? Yeah, it was, yeah. I watched those ones. <laughs> I think this is the first time I've ever watched a cartoon and you haven't watched it. <laughs> I would have known Biff and Chip were a cartoon. Like, I read those books religiously growing up. No, definitely a cartoon. And I didn't watch these until my nephew was little. So this was going about eight years ago now, eight, seven, eight years ago. I was I was watching them with my nephew. So they, I'm not sure if they were made recently or not, but I've definitely seen them. No, can't have been. Yeah. Um, be one to look at once we, because um, obviously I've, I've, I've got the episode set for the rest of the year. So, uh, First one for 2021 might be worth looking at that one. Yeah, I've just oh look, I've just straight away on YouTube the Magic Key. Um, there's three episodes <sighs> that popped up straight away. Twelve minutes, forty five seconds each. That's not bad, oh, man. That's crazy. And I think like so many people grew up with these books, and I rem- I still remember this from my first from 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 reception as a as a kid. I remember. I think a lot of people grow up on Monty as well. Except for you, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what it was about this Monty thing that my school. The thing is, two schools didn't didn't have it there. So, um, but I remember having like having to read the words like Biff, Chip, Kipper, uh, Floppy, the dog, and you know, and read these words. And then if I read them all correctly, then I'll get a magic button. Uh, not magic. What are they call milky button as a as a little prize if I if I got it right, and I get a little smiley sticker on my on my. She, I remember one time. Yes, I remember those stickers. <laughs> I remember I didn't get it one time and I was so gutted. Like it was the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I'll be like reading the first sentence. Count it. Give me my sticker. Count it. I read it. There you go. So what did you think of Monty the dog then for the first time? So I was a massive fan of the theme tune. I thought it was banging. Um, it was fine. I remember uh, it growing up as a kid. I thought it was annoying actually. Yeah, I, I I quite enjoyed it. Um, and I liked again that I liked that it was he was a dog, and he and he did dog things, and he was in a dog world, and he was sorry, he was in a human world, and he was a dog, and I I like that. Everything's in its place. Everything's fine. Um, one one thing I found like hilarious the whole time was that everyone's giving him chocolate biscuits. Now, obviously, chocolate's poisonous, like deadly poisonous to dogs. So like. Not to Monty. Yeah, so like from yesterday's capers, don't feed chocolate biscuits to dogs, please, because they will die. Um, um, but yeah, so he but everything he did was for a chocolate biscuit or a sausage or a cake. So um, I enjoyed that. Um, the episodes were super short, um, um, which one thing I, I noticed about um, Barney was that the episodes were long, four-minute episodes, and these seems to be quite short what episode so um i was like i thought these episodes there was no fat on them they were all kind of fleshed out and and, and yeah i mean i i found monty to be incredibly irritating 
Like just Why, I mean... sit your dumb ass on the floor and don't do nothing. Like, is he, I mean, the thing is, he's what I liked about Monty is that he's a proper dog. Like, dogs are motivated by like either I want to be a good boy, and more than that, if I'm a good boy, I get a treat. Like, and that's like, but he's never a good boy. But he's as we'll tr- as we'll find out in the episodes. But he always tries to be though. He never tries to be a, a bad dog. He always has good, pure, good intentions. But he good, is it always goes anything wrong. but anything but. Uh, a good dog like he's like the most irritating thing ever like just man sit your ass down like it's just no like i yeah let's let's go into episodes and i'll tell you what i mean right so um i don't know again this was like i don't know what episodes are which um so i started off with one called monty goes missing and this was kind of like, I'm not sure if you remember the old bear stories where daddy bear's trying to sleep and then mummy bear's snoring and then he goes to the, the baby oh, bear. I thought you were going to go into Goldilocks story there. Oh, no, no, no. So basically, he's he's trying to sleep in his bed and dad's making a racket. It reminded me of, uh, of you and I a little while ago, putting up shelves and drilling into walls and stuff like that, making an absolute racket. Um and then his, his, the daughter is playing the recorder and the son's watching Cowboys on the TV. Um, so he's like, you know, I'm out. I'm going to the shed. I'm going to sleep in the shed. And then it comes to tea time and no one can find him because he's in the shed. And then it finishes. And I was like, ah. well, it went on to the next video. I'm not sure if it finished or what, but I was like, there's something amiss here. So that's the end of that episode as far as we're concerned. Um Next episode of what? That was really about. abrupt. Yeah, I mean, this was like super. Probably wasn't the end of the episode abrupt, but, but um, I, I couldn't find the end of that episode. But I'm still counting as one I watched. Um, Monty, the that was probably the end, though. That's what yeah, I'm but, saying. It's genuinely that's how it ended. But it was yeah, that was that was the only one that didn't finish itself off properly. But I mean, like they couldn't find him, and it was dinner time. He didn't have dinner. Uh, this one, the next one we watched was called Monty. The dog at the vets, so he has to have an injection. He has to have booster injections to um, keep his immunity up. Um, and then he's like, and he gets a chocolate biscuits, and he says, "Oh, you can't have too many of those because your teeth will fall out." And he thinks that the biscuits called the booster, and he gets a bit confused. And then he goes, and he goes to the vets, and it's quite funny because obviously, when you take an animal to the vets, they have to check them over, check their teeth, check their everything, check their belly, and then they check their temperature. And then, so it kind of cuts to his face, and he goes, "Excuse me." Uh, so that was um, that was quite funny. Very English, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and then the vet tells him, "He's like, oh, your teeth are good." And then he's like, "Oh, brilliant! I can have loads of chocolate biscuits still." Next one I watched was called Monty at the library. So basically, he's being a good boy. He's getting the paper. He's bringing it in. He gets a tree, and he's like, he's desperate to be to be a good boy. And Mum comes in and says, "I." Oh, you have to take this book to the library, otherwise we're going to get a fine. So he's like, I know what I'll do. I'm going to go take this book to the library and I'll come back and then mum will be pleased and I'll get another chocolate biscuit. Why is he he... taking the book to the library and not the kids? Because he wants to be a good boy and get a chocolate biscuit. He's doing it all for treats. It's all like um, all for a chocolate biscuit. So he goes out with the book uh, and then this window cleaner is washing a window and he's having a little whistle and he's like, oh, I'm going to whistle. And he tries to whistle and he drops the, when he tries to whistle, he drops the, the book out of his mouth and into a bucket of water and then he's like oh how do i dry it and he goes i know when i'm wet i shake so i'll shake the book and he shakes the book and all of the pages fall out 
and then he takes it to the uh, takes it to the library, and the um, librarian's like, right. She writes a note and she brings a note home and it turns out to be a fine for five pounds for the book damage and then he gets sent to his bed. That's <laughs> so, a lot of money. Five pound. Yeah, but they got replaced. It's all it's all about the admin time as well, isn't it? You know, going on. It's not even Amazon back in the day. You'd have to go to the bookshop. Um, <laughs> um so next one was called Monty and the Monster, and they're going to grandma's house and yep, he's I've like, seen oh, this one. Love going to grandma's house, get chocolate biscuit every time I go. And then he he kind of like runs like a overexcited and knocks grandma over. And they're both, they're both wearing glasses that look very similar. They fall off. You can see where this is going. Um, uh, Monty bumps into grandma. She falls over. The glasses spill. They're very similar. You could kind of see where it's going. So they um, he puts on grandma's glasses, can't see, thinks that the, the clock is... Um, the monster so he gets scared he thinks that the hoover's a monster he gets scared and he knocks over a vase they come in and they're like oh you're wearing different glasses and um they swap it's glasses the back. wrong glasses yeah they swap them it's all fine but one th- one thing uh, i've written on my notes was <laughs> so he goes they swap glasses monty goes in the car and he dies of heat stroke um not really he gets a chocolate biscuit when they come in because obviously you don't put a dog in a car on a hot day and just leave him there how do you so know it was many... a hot day? Because it was the the chocolate biscuit melted, so it's pretty hot. But um, how did you know it was a hot day in particular? To be honest, even if it's not a hot day, you shouldn't leave a dog in a car. So my maybe they did leave the window open. I did a little bit, I think, because he was hanging out. I liked how the vase fell really slowly. Yeah, I mean, I had to fill the three minutes. Is that all the episodes you watched? Okay, right. Let me get my notes. Okay, so the first one I watched was Monty's Picnic. So they're all going to the beach because it's a nice summer's day and they want to go to the beach. They have a like a, a nice little pack lunch packed up. But uh, Monty's really, really hungry. So he's like, oh, I want to eat, I want to eat. And so they go to the petrol station and so everybody gets out, stretch their legs. He decides to climb on top of the picnic basket, basically eat all the food that's in there, including the chocolate biscuits. By the time they reach the beach, all of the picnic stuff like flies out because they're like, oh, where's Monty? So they stop the car and then he flies out with all the picnic stuff. <laughs> he eats too much, so he can't really have lunch at the uh, at the cafe. And... That's how it ends. And then Monty gets the blame. So Grandma Sprod is coming to visit. And he, he, Grandma and Monty are a lot alike. They both like afternoon naps. They both like snacking. And so Grandma wakes up in the middle of the night, eats all the chocolate biscuits in front of Monty. By the time they wake up, Mr. Sprod is like, Look what you've done, you stupid dog. You ate all the food. And he's like, oh, it wasn't me. And he's like, right, no breakfast for you. And he's making all these sausages and eggs for grandma. But grandma hasn't got much of an appetite because she basically finished the tin of chocolate biscuits. And so Monty goes to her room and she basically gives all the food to Monty. And that's how it ends. So there's no resolution 
grandma doesn't get held into accountable for eating all the chocolate biscuits. Monty gets the blame for no reason. Like, what's up with it? Anyway, and the next episode I watched was Monty at the supermarket. So Mrs. Sprod and Monty are going to do a spot shopping at the supermarket. And she's like, right, you're going to stay outside. So she ties him to a lamppost. He's like, you know what? Fine. If I have to wait, then I'm just going to go inside a, a little helicopter. I'm just going to sleep in there. And he doesn't realize that people are going on that helicopter. So by the time someone goes on, he's like, right, I'm getting out of here. He goes to the supermarket and he's hiding underneath a, a trolley. And yeah, the trolley is moving along with him. The lady's not stopping. There's a chocolate biscuit. Ah, so he's like, oh, go there, go there. So he doesn't, she doesn't stop. She goes to the cat food section. And then the manager props up out of nowhere and he's like, no dogs allowed. So he's basically grabbing Monty with his Dale Winton looking ass, goes to the office. And it actually did look a lot like the set of Supermarket Sweep. That was a cracking show back in the day. Yes, it was. I was never a fan of Dale Winton, but cracking show. They're going to find you going to be having on Supermarket Sweep. But um, anyway, where was I? So yeah, he's like talking over the tunnel going, if anybody owns a dog with glasses, come get your dog. And Mrs. Broad is basically going to get the dog and he basically eats the cake that was on uh, Dale Winton's desk. I was going to call him Dale Winton because I don't know what else to call him. And so... um. Yeah, so she just grabs the dog. She's like, you stupid dog. I ain't never bringing your ass to the supermarket. And that's how it ends. And yeah, that, yeah, it just ended abruptly like that. Right, so let's... Do you want to pick? Yeah, I mean, this is easy for me. And I, I know it's going to be a draw, as I said earlier. But for me, it's all day, a draw? every day. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be Monty for me all day, every day. Um, I like the fact that it was like a, in a dog in a dog world. He did dog things. He thought about dog things. And I like that. I thought it was very, very charming. Um, yeah. Barney wasn't a bad cartoon, but it just didn't do it for me. I didn't get on with Barney. Me and Barney were a bit. We weren't. We what weren't is it with you and Barney's? Because you yeah, weren't keen it... on the other Barney and all, were you? Yeah, but come on. Other Barney's even worse. I'd... Dog Barney over dinosaur Barney any day of the week. <laughs> yeah obviously i'm picking barney because i remember this growing up as a kid the theme song is incredibly iconic definitely in my top 50 theme songs we've done 40 shows 40 divide 40 times three so we've done over 100 shows this will definitely make my uh top 100 theme songs it's safe to say yeah, Barney. Barney was really, really iconic. I really liked Barney. And yeah, Monty the dog got my sweet. He did. Like most dogs, to be honest. I think it's just like a, a, another thing I love about this podcast is that, you know, we can come at it from completely different angles, completely different views. And <laughs> and it's like, and it's not wrong. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's yeah. Not, uh, that's what I love about it. It's just... Um, Fire I, and I, rain. Yeah. And... Um, Obviously, like you know, uh, Monty was a better cartoon, but 
Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, about I, I mean, Monty was a better cartoon. It was the the theme song was very lame. I love it's one of those way it, it'll get annoying very quickly. Yeah, I mean, I'm I still every now and now and then go back to the Moomins one. So, camel malaction, camel malaction, camel malaction. I think every now and then you should check that out. You know what? We need to run. We need to run it back with the Moomins. Just do a full episode on Moomins. That way, Moomin. Once once we deal with the Rona, Moomin World can have me come down there. Hook your boy up, man. I love the Moomins. Let let me go to Moomin World and explore the the magic of that wonderful cartoon. And on that nice. Uh, Nice uh, Moomin ending. I think, yeah, be a good place to end. Yesterday's Capers is available wherever you get your podcast from. So please like, share, subscribe, listen, do whatever it is your podcast platform allows you to do. Um, yeah, like I said about the Harry Arnold episode, I really appreciate the response. Keep listening. Keep doing Keep doing what, what it is you're doing. Like, don't... Don't stop. And uh, on the socials, you can find Yesterday's Capers on Instagram at Yesterday's Capers 1. We're on Twitter at Yesterday Capers. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Yesterday's Capers. So uh, get on it. Get involved. You can find me on the socials on Instagram at Abdullah underscore Molim. You can find me on Twitter at Abdullah Molim all one word. Give me a holler. Give me a shout. And uh, yeah, join us next week for another episode of Yesterday's Capers.